Welcome to The Sheeple Show. This is the podcast where we try and understand what is actually going on in the world. My name is Andy Marley. And I'm Matt Smith, although you probably know a much more famous version. Let's do this. <laughs> I want a different one. Let's load a different seed, yeah? This one's shit. <laughs> Why couldn't we have the nice blue skies one instead of the fucking corrupt government one you know i don't know but it's quite nice out there at the moment i'm still ne- i'm sat next to a huge window <laughs> fair all right i mean the skies being blue is more of a metaphor than a literal transition but you know what i mean before i start our press record me and matt were talking about the world that we're living in at the moment and how we are definitely in the to- the darkest timeline welcome to the darkest timeline <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, my theory on there being some lone fucking madman on the edge of the universe trying to figure out the future is—he's just having fun now. He's just like, I know. Let me see what happens if if we bring the downfall. He's playing Civilization. <laughs> what a great game, man! Yeah. Except when you get Gandhi into negative hostility numbers and he starts nuking everyone he's so peaceful that that his peace integer would go into negative and that's why he then went super hostile I like that idea though Gandhi nuking everyone well (laughs) it was an accident it's it's just I like the whole I like to find darkness in people because everybody, no matter how good and pure they are, everybody has a little bit of darkness. And he had his darkness, which has been reported and talked about a lot. Oh, everyone did. History is this nice way of painting everyone with a nice brush. Gandhi liked young ladies. I wouldn't be surprised. And when I say young ladies, I mean Gandhi liked little girls. Doesn't surprise me. It was it's culturally like mo- accepted at the time. It's like mo- Mother Teresa as well. I know she's a, a classed as a saint now. No. No. <laughs> I don't Mother think Teresa any of these historic figures are nice. Do you? No. Do you think there's a single good and benevolent king or queen throughout history? No. No. And then take it back even further and we start talking about the pyramids and suddenly their madness makes a bit more sense, doesn't it? Well, with today's main topic, we're going back even further than that. <laughs> oh, time travelled. <laughs> And before we even start with the main meat of the show, before we even get to the weekly roundup, I know I set the schedule of when we were going to record each show and what topics going to be discussed. And I thought I gave myself enough time to research today's main topic. Oh my fucking God, I did not give myself enough time. It's probably because it's one of those topics that's like an infinite Jesus. rabbit hole of darkness. Just when you think you hit the bottom, you've oh, actually man. just hit a bump and there's another rabbit hole to go down. I will say right now, before we even start the, the weekly roundup, I will stay, say right now, I do not know enough about this topic. I have not done enough research. So it's going to be a very light talk, okay. a very light look into this because there's so much. And... um we we're gonna have to do a we're gonna have to do a follow up show at some point. Nothing wrong with that. 
some point in the future we will we will revisit this topic but i'm going to it's so fascinating so interesting i'm going to learn a lot more about it and i'm probably going to get into this and then we'll do a follow-up where we can go a bit deeper but it's going to be a very very like dip into the world of well, to be fair civilization i just cheated and i looked at what topic was due and it's uh it's a very broad topic i mean come on <laughs> oh, man. there's so much that's like saying yeah let's look at history before jebus well i mean obviously we'll, we'll get into it probably in a bit but it's just the fact that science says that there was no civilization before the human civilization before the ice age at the moment but the evidence that kind of points to, yeah, there was. <laughs> well, that's because science is empirical data, right? There's only yes or no. There's no suggestions or maybes or conjecture. There's only yes or no. But you have to set the framework of this. Like, it's all well and good to go, yeah, science says this and that. But it actually just says very, very specific yes or no questions. That's it. You don't get context with science. You have to provide that at the beginning with the experiment. And if you don't, your numbers are worth shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let me study how people are crazy. Uh, people are crazy. That's not science. <laughs> if you study individuals, guess what? You still can't study whether people are crazy because you have no measure of what normal is. Yeah. So that yeah. goes up. In fact, all behavioral science is not really science because there's no control group to test it against. There's just speculation, mm. and correlation. And most of the experiments that you can do to prove things like that are kind of unethical. So. Definitely. But also, you know, you've got to remember so I've that been experiments to... cost money, right? And uh, the world we live in today, all the science is specifically bought and paid for. So you specifically say... I want to study a new medicine because of this, this and this. And they go, how much money will it make us? And if you go nothing, they go, no. If you go a shitload, they go, all right, yeah, we'll pay for it. But, you know, we then own all of that science to use at our behest. Yeah, It's just weaponized. It's basically the Cold War all over again, but with fucking medicine and technology. I've been trying to find this. I heard this years ago. Uh, this was back when I was at college. So like, th this was still probably the 90s that I heard this. But um, it was about, it was a German guy who he illegally bought a baby on the black market. And this was. You know, oh, this was that experiment where he fucking raised it like a animal, basically. Kind abused, of. abused the living shit out of this child to see if it was going to develop any differently. Yeah, and he, because um, he taught it wrong thing, like holding up a red mm. piece of card and saying, this is green, and taught it that, and basically seeing what knowledge is nature, what knowledge is nurture, like what is naturally known to the mm. human being, and what we have to learn. And I can't, and I don't know if this, I don't know if it was a true thing or if it's something that I read in a book, if it's a story that... If I, I remember right, and I'm it going... Was, it on, might I, have been an episode of the Twilight Zone or something. I, no, I do remember studying this a long time ago when I did Nature, Nurture and Psychology. And uh, if I recall correctly, I may be wrong. But it basically went that this kid was raised under these conditions up to a certain age and then just sort of 
released into the world and monitored kind of thing. And they actually ended up, you know, living a relatively decent life from my understanding. Yeah, eventually. The actual having to relearn everything and the lack of trust and everything else led to so many issues that were just artificially created, basically. (laughs) You know, good science isn't ethical. That's kind of the problem. Yeah, how interesting. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of studies like that. There was another one where they essentially had uh, what was it, a group of kids or something, and they kept them in what was essentially animal conditions to see if they would learn how to human. Yeah, if they'd learn language to communicate with each other and things like that. But I'm not sure as to the actual quality of said study. Yeah, it's uh, interesting, isn't it? <laughs> the funniest part is we look at science now as like essentially a, a, a neo-religion, right? Religion's dead in the modern day in terms of being something that bonds everyone. Yeah. It's dead because there's too much distinction and separation. You know, you've still got your uh, communities within religions. For example, you know, Christians still generally have their own shared beliefs and values, same with Muslims or so on and so forth. But even then, they're still fragmented because there's so many different subsects of each religion, and so many different ways of practice. I mean, all you've got to do is look at Christianity and how it went from being Protestant, Catholic to now being what? Protestant, Catholic, Evangelical, Methodist. You fucking name it, it comes up. You know yeah. what I mean? There's so many different distinctions to make. Your they, they all like interpret the, like, interpret the same uh the same writings in different ways yeah so weird but that's essentially divided what would when you think about things that bind the working class together you've got two things right one is their actual status of being working class but then you've got the embarrassed millionaire paradox where you know everyone's just a temporarily embarrassed millionaire and they they're never going to identify as the working class (laughs) And then you've got the other one, which is obviously the more spiritual side of it, you know, religion and community and that sort of thing. And the the humanitarian goals. And they've been shredded over the last 20, 30 years. They're, they're dead. You know, we had a separation of church and state that essentially then led to corporate governance of everything. They're the new religion. Do you believe in Facebook? Hi there, I'm here to talk to you about our Lord and Saviour, Amazon. You know what I mean? That's what we've gotten to. There's actually these religions, but instead of gods and actual spiritual figures, we're worshipping fucking people that have lost their minds. Oh, God. The world is a cult. Darkest timeline, man. Darkest fucking timeline, man. Welcome to the darkest timeline. (laughs) You will not be leaving. I'm so scared. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, the benefit of the darkest timeline, right, is it can't get any worse. <laughs> it's like hitting rock bottom. It? The only yeah, exactly. You're like, well, at least we know where we stand from here. At least we know what we've got. I mean, chances are we'll be in a fallout universe in 20 years or something. You know? <laughs> where suddenly someone insulted someone's tie and we went to nuclear war. And now look where we are. <laughs> I don't know if I'm up for that either. I'm well, too much for that now. 
I use a well, walking stick for fuck's sake, but I'm I'm fucked. I look I look like I have the I have the look. I have the post apocalyptic look down. I've got an no, no. tattoo and a multicolored mohawk. When I say a I'm ready for a universe. Mad Max so I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, I say a fallout universe because literally the only people that would survive would be the rich billionaires in their bunkers. <laughs> yeah. And then they'll emerge to create this crazy fucking eugenics utopia where they will kill each other. Or eat each other. You know, it could be either, to be honest. Soylent green as people. I, I could quite happily become a cannibal. Well, I don't know about that. You know always... there's actual medical evidence that human flesh makes you go mad. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> you know, they, they studied it. Again, fucking science. <laughs> they actually studied that, right? Bear in mind the implications of that study. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have got coming up in the next few months. I can't remember when it is, but we have got um, one of one of the titles that I've got down is dodgy science experiments. Oh, there's so many, so many. Honestly, because so I've already started looking into that one, and the it's trying to separate the myth. From, so that like the the Russian sleep experiment. Yeah, that wasn't real. It never happened. It never uh, happened. Um, it's a story. There was one where there were people locked in caves. Like, actually kept in caves and deprived of sunlight. Oh, I don't but, know that one. Because the one that I always know about. I'm not sure if that was an accident that was exploited by science or if it was an actual experiment. Right. Because, yeah, the one that I was on about was um, it was in a lab and they had a big group of people. Uh, they didn't allow them to sleep for days, and mm. then it ended up in like everybody just killing each other and everything going crazy and people being deformed. And I always thought it was real, but it's yeah, apparently it's not. It's actually completely made up. It never. Uh, happened. I remember the uh, the study they did on sleep, where they basically had someone. The goal was for them to try and stay awake for as long as possible. So it was a controlled experiment. And essentially, every time this guy started to nod off, they'd prod him or hit him with cold water or something. And this went for like 12 days before he essentially went into a coma. Well, see, the thing with my, with my um, insomnia, like it was a couple of years before I met you, I had a really, really bad time with it. And I didn't sleep or it felt like I didn't sleep for ages. But what was actually happening was I was sleeping. I was having like micro sleeps. Yeah. Without knowing. Well, that's where this study ended up being useful, is it showed us the ways that the body sort of mitigates exhaustion. I mean, when you think about the primal man and his survival instinct, like you didn't, you couldn't just sit there and sleep for eight fucking hours. Are you kidding me? There were tigers and shit. You were going to get fucking mauled <laughs> if you were in a vulnerable location. So it was more likely that sleep was a bit more uh, survival-based than people just sort of well, did the whole it when eight, they had the chance. Yeah, the whole eight-hour day thing was um, an eight-hour sleep is because of Henry Ford. Yeah, it's because of uh, capitalist motions. <laughs> yeah. It was better for the working day's uh, production. And... That's it. Because before, it was just basically everybody worked every hour. They had Sunday off, which wasn't a day off because they had to go to church. Yeah. And Henry Ford just went, well, no one has enough time to buy what I'm making and what I'm selling, so I'm mm. going to give them some evenings off. And that's where the whole eight-hour, the 40-hour work week comes from. And yeah. You work for eight hours, you sleep, sleep for eight, eight hours, hours, you play for eight hours, and it's like, no. 
But Logically, sort of, it was definitely like, like us, for example. Both of us are the same. Like we can't do that. I'll be honest. I just don't have any loyalty to any company in the modern day. I, I think that's been bred out of us. I think we're you're stupid if you think a company is loyal to you. Of course, yeah. You know, they're they're not even entities. They're not real things. They can't be held accountable. You can't prosecute a company for breaking the law. You can only prosecute an individual. At which point the company is free of any stain because they can palm it all off on said individual. It's a it literally exists only to benefit companies and groups of significant sizes. I mean, even now, when we look at UK politics, everyone who turns around goes, oh, the government this, the government that, so on. So. Cool. Who are the government? Which which ones are scumbags? Which, one, which ones ain't? Who do we believe? Who don't we believe? Well, the fact of the matter is they're all in collusion, aren't they? Their jobs exist because of each other. So yeah. Yeah. how naive do you have to be to think that one of them is going to sell the others down the stream? They might do in a little way for their own personal gain, but in reality, the whole thing is rigged. Really is. And on Don't that, hate the player, I... hate the game. <laughs> <laughs> on that like happy, happy note, shall we go into the weekly roundup? Yeah, square up. Obviously, for some reason, my monitor wasn't working properly, and I don't know if that made a noise. Yes, it did. It did. Splendid. Splendid noise. Okay, so our first story. This, I think, this is a good thing. Okay. I think this is a happy story to start with because the second story is not so happy. But this one, I think. This is where you turn around and tell me bacteria is mutating to eradicate humans in twice the speed. Yay! <laughs> Nature! <laughs> this is all about a very special heart transplant. Oh, was this the... I think I know where you're going. I think I read about it briefly, but I want the details. Go. So, man gets genetically modified pig heart in a world first transplant. Yeah, I did read about this. And I think that's, that is amazing. Genuinely. It's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> but you have to remember two things about transplants. It's not a one and done thing. Just because the guy got the heart in his body <laughs> doesn't mean everything's going well. Yeah. And it's... second of all, everyone's different, right? Your body could reject things on whatever reasoning and whatever else. Like you don't necessarily have control over that. So the fact they've done, I mean, it's kind of like when that guy did that head transplant. That never actually happened. I looked it up last night because I was really interested because I remembered about that and it never actually happened. Oh, okay. Well, he was due to do one. Yeah, he was due to do one. But the guy who was going to have the head transplant pulled out because uh, he got married and had a baby. Yeah, he was going to fucking die otherwise. Yeah, he got got married, had a baby and was like, the risk isn't worth it now. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, But those people are saying that he actually, you know, he faked his marriage and he faked the baby and it's not real. He just pussed it out but he didn't want to say, I'm I don't want to do this now. Realistically, I don't think any normal human being is going to go through that procedure without it first being tested on something else. Exactly. But he has this Italian uh, doctor, Cavero or something, I think his name was. Mm. He he did it with a dog. And it was successful, but not for long. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it, right? A lot of the time, these things can be initially successful, but then down the line cause complications that are beyond comprehension. You know, like, so again, the idea of a pig's heart in a human body, amazing so far. 
Yeah, it's it's incredible. Uh, they had to, so the pig had to be genetically modified to knock out several genes that would have led to the organ being rejected. So it's been successful. The organ's been accepted by the body. That's a bit uh, scary, though. Isn't Genetic it? modification. But as long as it's used for good. Yeah, I just don't think that any company has the capacity to distinguish good and evil. Yeah. They're not morally bound, so why would they know the difference? There's just profit and not profit. <laughs> yeah, so that's good what... Good and evil are, are concepts that are based in religion, and we don't have a fundamentally religious community anymore. There's no fear of a higher power. There's no fear of retribution. There's just nihilism at work. Yeah. Oh, we just... No, it doesn't have to honest, matter. Everyone's a cunt, so I'll be a cunt. <laughs> Darkest timeline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't just get better, mate. <laughs> I feel like I need, I need a new sound clip to play. <laughs> the darkest timeline. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of want to see someone's prediction of the very darkest timeline and see if we're on track. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Don't Look Up the other day and that made me laugh. I've still not seen that yet. It's on the list. It's uh, it's interesting because uh, obviously <laughs> most of the sort of companies that are parodied in that and most of the institutions parodied in that are, no, it's a load of shit. It's, it, we wouldn't do that. No, rubbish, rubbish. But then you've got people going, actually. <laughs> <laughs> actually. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I recommend it. Even if you want to ridicule it afterwards, you've just got to see the perspective of play. Yeah. But with this um this pig heart transplant thing. Uh so it said on Monday, obviously it's Thursday today, isn't it? Um, it said I'm pre- is it? Yeah, it's Wednesday. If it was Wednesday. Thursday, I'd be shitting myself because <laughs> I'm supposed to be elsewhere. <laughs> Yeah, it's Wednesday. Yes, that, yeah. Today I, I, be the day of Odin. Yeah, if it was Thursday, I'd, I'm supposed to be at work as well. So yeah. <laughs> right now, if it was Thursday. Today is Odin's day. Tomorrow yeah. is Thor's day. Cool. But yeah, so it said on Monday, Mr. Bennett, who was the guy who had the, the pig heart, uh, he was reported to be breathing on his own while being monitored. So he's still being monitored because they're still yeah, not. So he's definitely out. not out of the woods yet, and they might yeah. be prematurely tout in their success. That's yeah, that's what they said. They're proceeding cautiously and carefully monitoring him um, while his son uh, told the Associated Press that the family were in the unknown at this point. Yeah, fair enough. So this is one to keep an eye on, but definitely, definitely. I, I mean, again, I can only hope for the guy's well-being and hope the science has come so far, but. Uh, Part of me sceptical of how miraculous it's being portrayed as. <laughs> Natural scepticism. Yeah. Uh, you know what? The, the doctor who performed the surgery is being very honest. Uh, he says, yeah, we've good. never done this in a human. And I like to think that we, we have given him a better option than what continuing his therapy would have been. But whether he will live for a day, week, month, year, I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's uh, that definitely shows the integrity of that doctor. Being, 
Yeah, definitely being very honest, very realistic. He's personally accountable for his work, and I think that's a respectable trait. You know, there's not enough accountability in the world. If he's if he's not sure, that's absolutely fine. Like the guys agreed to it on this premise and this terms, and hopefully it only leads to a positive outcome. You know, it's a, again, it's a demonstration of integrity. The real question will be if it goes wrong, whether or not he takes responsibility for that and goes from there. We'll have to see. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It will, definitely. But I mean, where, what happens next? You know, a heart is uh, one of the more complex organs in the human body. So logically, one could conclude that if you can do it with a heart, you could then proceed to some of the, well, I say easier organs, things like the kidneys. What the they've liver. already done that they already uh, transplanted. A, I think it was the same uh, the same team. It was in October last year. Mm. They uh, transplanted a pig kidney into a, it was into a brain dead person, but that was successful. Yeah, well, fair enough. Again, it's the the application of it, and then obviously there's the potential for the way more complex organs, but. Then we're talking like the brain, and that is a whole different ball game. So if it was me, right, if I had a heart transplant and I was given a pig heart, and it went fantastic, and it all worked well, and I was back out and living a normal life again, I would be playing on it so much. I would just start embarrassing my family by going like, um, snuffling for, tru- for truffles and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> just, like, just roll around in a, in a mud puddle. <laughs> I've actually just been reminded of something I watched on a BBC years ago. Yeah, children's novel in 1997 called Pig Heart Boy. Right. Uh, let me read the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talks to a special scientist to get hope, and yeah, it gets a uh, pig heart put in him. Yeah, it's, uh, well, I mean, it's that, that was a drama around. from years ago. Yeah, I it's remember. something that's been around in fiction. I mean, there was a comedy film, The Animal, with Rob Schneider, mm. where that was basically, he was, I think it was a cop or a security guard or something, and he got, um, he was in a accident, a car accident, and he was found by a mad scientist who replaced all his organs with different animal parts, and yeah, that's mad. he started taking on the traits. There was a really funny bit where he ate loads of food and he got really fat. And then the mad scientist put him in a massive wheel for him to run around to lose the weight. (laughs) I mean, obviously, in an entertainment context, it's funny. But don't try this at home, scientists. Don't be (laughs) mad, please. Yeah, please be normal scientists. We don't want any human centipede shit going on, thanks. There's a very little scientific application for (laughs) stuff like that. And it only illustrates your insanity. Have you seen I, all three? I'm surprised we didn't skip. Film. Sorry? Have you seen all three of the Human Centipede films? Yeah. I've not seen the third one. Um, I've only seen the first two. And to be honest, like the second one, I think, was the best out of the two. I wouldn't it's call any of them so good films. creepy. 
None the of them are good one, films. The second one was proper scary, though. If anything, it's probably one of the most fucked up thought experiments of the modern <laughs> day. You know, wonder what the happens first... if we sew people together. Yeah, the first one was just it was just cheesy and gory and, and just disgusting. Well, yeah, it was shock value, wasn't it? The, the second... whole point was just to be like surprise, and then yeah. they sort of added the story to it, and it all went yeah, a bit. The, se- the second one was a completely different type of film, and it was so fucking raw. Mm. If I recall correctly, the third one was even more fucked up. That's because... It's in the prison, isn't it? Well, it just ends with everybody fucking dying. Like, there isn't a happy ending at all. There's nothing to be taken away from it. The scientist that does it dies, and the centipede dies, and then they show up like, what happened here? And then it cuts, and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it was a while ago, but... Uh... It's, it's one of those films, kind of like Animal Farm or something, that's just a bit fucking mental. And speaking of mental... Oh. Story number two. I like twos. Hey, you won't like this one. So, nine people in India who have been sentenced to death for murder by witchcraft have entered an, an appeal. Fucking hell, we're still prosecuting people for witchcraft. So, this is in um, a place in India called Orissa. Uh, The High Court has fixed March the 15th to start hearing on the legality of death penalty for nine persons convicted for the murder of three members of a family on the suspicion of practicing sorcery. Wait, wait, wait. Did this lot of people murder the people that were suspected of being sorcerers, or were they the sorcerers that then murdered people? They were the sorcerers. To be honest, like this whole that just article, sounds like a really good way of putting rebels in prison. It's all very vague, man. Because um, so the idea is to just make you think primitively. You're not supposed to question it. You're supposed to go, ah, witches, sorcery. Yeah, I'm scared. Get them gone. Yeah. You're not supposed so, to go, wait a minute, what? Yeah, this family of nine people. So the family was held responsible for witchcraft that allegedly killed many children in Kutum village onto Putasing police station limits in Rayagada district. Probably said all that wrong. Not Indian. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the murder took place in September in 2016. After trial in the case, the court of additional sessions, Judge Gunapur, uh, sentence, uh, sentenced accused Dengun Saba and eight others to death on April the 13th, 2018. All nine filed a criminal appeal in the High Court through their counsel on December the 20th last year. That's uh, so only a few weeks ago. And the petition, which was taken up on Friday, claimed that the trial court had not appreciated the evidence and facts available on record from the true legal perspective. That's the entire article. That is all that so, is being yeah. said. This sounds like, uh, you know, when you sort of get one of those scenarios where it's people versus government and then the government are like, oh, shit, they're actually innocent. How do we get them? Quick, fabricate some horse shit. Scare people into believing it. And this whole like trial for witchcraft thing, we were talking about this at work last night and it's just... It's absolute insanity in the modern It day. really is. I mean, like, people know. I mean, through things like TikTok and social media, 
uh, the truth about witchcraft is being shown and people who practice it are they're doing videos they're showing what it actually is how it's actually helpful and you know how and it's fun which is the main thing regardless though like when we look and then at you get uh, shit witchcraft like this. and you compare it to things like modern day sex of religion especially things like evangelical christians who are actually hostile and harmful to the people around them we're still fucking around with things that are absolutely ridiculous yeah. like there is there is no grounds to even accuse someone of being a witch because a witch doesn't exist in the terms that you're thinking do you know what i mean yeah. there ain't there ain't no witch- that up there because witches do exist <laughs> you know well people that identify not- as witches and practice some form of witchcraft yeah, exists, it's not the, but they're not actually witches that's the difference yeah, it's not the evil sorcery magical powers no they're not fucking and... ah, none of that it's not like agatha in wandavision or you know there's no actual magical overlord you know secretly influencing things because i'll be honest if there was wouldn't be in the darkest timeline yeah <laughs> yeah good point you know what what did uncle say back in jackie chan adventures he said magic must defeat magic there's no magic to fight so you can't use magic as a weapon yeah but yeah so but yeah i mean things like this it happens all over the world um i think it's a product most weeks, of, uh... most weeks when i'm looking for the weekly roundup and i'm looking for like crazy bizarre stories there's always something about people being killed because of witchcraft because they've, they've been accused of being a witch and yeah i think witchcraft mean... and heretic have become interchangeable terms it's very easy for yeah. a religious based government to turn around and call someone anti That's it. The, these things mainly happen in places like india and africa and um i mean yeah I'm, i don't want to seem racist or anything but these things happen in these it's places. It's not racism, it's cultural. Like At the end of the day, those places have a lot of their laws and cultural lifestyles based on religious decisions. And while that's not inherently wrong, it does lead to, lead to scenarios like this where people can't look past their religion. Yeah. I mean, like, not being a, I've not been able to find much about this case. Um, but to be fair, I did only find this a couple of days ago and I've been quite busy. But yeah, I'm not I, to find much about it. I'd I, say one of the following two conclusions is most definitely true. The first is some sort of loophole to uh, get them prosecuted when they otherwise wouldn't be. And the second is some sort of heresy or contradiction to a religion somewhere that they've then painted as witches or, you know, demons or the occult, whatever it is that's a threat to religion, some otherworldly threat that you are so scared of that your fear goes beyond reason. Yeah, it's just, I just think it's really weird. Like, yeah, we see, especially in this country, in in the UK at the moment, we see a lot about witch hunt, um, mm-hmm. you know, unvaccinated being um, kind of going through a witch hunt at the moment oh yeah yeah. and also on the other way as well but um the whole thing's just tribalism but gone mad 
our tribes are so small and so isolated now that we basically pick a fight with any other tribe because there's no big tribe to unite everyone again kind of what i was saying before there's no sort of like we you know i was criticizing the flaws of religion being bound to law but there are benefits as well and that is that you're generally going to have a better integrity as a people because you're fearing things that aren't of this world you realize that there are certain limitations on the humans yeah. that in and of itself just, is valuable i've just actually found another thing about this court case and you were right the people who are up for murder who are up for on the death penalty killed the nine people um under suspicion suspicion of practicing sorcery it's the way it's worded it's really weird but yeah, I've, uh, found, I've just found one from 2019. I've just found a news report, an article. Um, says, nearly 19 months after a trial court awarded the death penalty to nine people for killing three members of a family after branding them witches. Um, and, yeah, and then they remanded the case back. After branding them witches. Yeah. So was it the stigma of being branded witches that forced them to act out? Oh, no. Again, though, we're talking about them being essentially hunted throughout their own community as outcasts. So realistically, any action taken whilst under that pressure is forced by everyone who put that pressure on them. It's like when you go around throwing out the word paedophile at anyone. You know what I mean? Mm. Sure, you could mean it with jest, you could mean it in whatever else, but that thing sticks like tar. The moment someone is remotely considered to actually be that, then they're completely and utterly vilified throughout the entire community. It doesn't matter about the truth anymore because the narrative is stronger. Yeah, and no, I understand Dangerous. That. And obviously we're in a world where media propagates everything tenfold. And you can have something like an accusation of witchcraft thrown around the world in less than, what, 20 minutes? And that is a nice bridge into our last story yeah storytelling so this one i'm sure you've read about this uh this is about a man named henry dine do you know about henry dine i'm not sure so he was on um a bbc news report uh, he had covid mm. And he was on a report talking about it and how horrible it was and all this. And now he's in the middle of a huge conspiracy theory. And this is people saying that he was actually an actor. And that he was planted by the BBC, by the government, to make COVID look worse than it actually is. So... I'm not going to say whether I think that's true or false, but I am going to point at the logical conclusions around that, and I'm going to let you kind of piece it together. So, again, a lot of assumptions being made, but I do want to just run there with it. There are lots of details to go into this one. So, we've got a government that right now is a joke. Uh, they've completely and utterly destroyed the concept of integrity, and they've taken the whole idea of like being a decent human being and exploited the fuck out of it. Right. We've then got a bunch of people, uh, Good Law Project, for example, that are hounding them and being smart and scrutinizing their actions. 
So what's their best play in a defence? Distraction tactics. We've all seen it, the vindication of the vaxxed or the anti-vax or whatever else. Like It really doesn't matter what your stance is because you're talking about extremes here. And it's so easy. The same with the terrorist argument, right? What is a terrorist? It's whatever the fuck you want it to be. Yeah. It's anything that fits that very vague and very widespread definition. So you can use that to accurately describe people with the intent of becoming terrorists by causing terror in various ways. But you can also use it as a, like we were saying before, about tarring people with a brush. It's just a shutdown argument. Oh, no, you're just a terrorist, so your opinion is worth nothing. Oh, you're just a this, so your opinion's worth nothing. Oh, you're an anti-vaxxer. You clearly don't understand science, so you're a moron, and therefore it's not worth arguing with you, yada, yada, yada. This is all bullshit. People aren't, there isn't even an anti-vax and a vax community. There's a bunch of people who are in the middle. I believe in science, for example. I believe in vaccines in terms of, you know, the old school definition of a vaccine where they put a dead piece of the virus in and basically taught your antibodies how to fight it through natural means, right? mRNA vaccines are called vaccines, but they're fundamentally completely different. So already there's some dishonesty in the labeling and marketing of said product because it's easy to mark a vaccine, something everyone knows and understands, but you can't market new technology that hasn't been properly field tested. You know what I mean? Yeah. So already that dishonesty has been ignored in favor of talking about people's understanding of science. Then you've got the argument that like... How, how a genuine question to our listeners how many people how many companies in this world do you actually think put people over profits do you not understand capitalism do you not understand you are only relevant for as long as you hold power in this world and power is something you claim you take it's not something that's bestowed upon you you know, we look at the the way, do you not find it funny how all of a sudden it went from, oh, don't worry, we've got this magical new vaccine cure that can cure the world and make everyone safe and everything else. And then they start rolling it out in the rich countries. But when it comes to putting it worldwide, now the financial barriers are kicking in. Mm. Those financial barriers were there all along. The difference is the rich countries paid without asking questions. So again, we've got this omission of information. People are quite happy to jump onto the simplest explanation because it's the easiest to process. You know, I, I again, I don't disagree with science. I think it's very, very good. But the actual science behind it has been reported by a number of people, including people that conducted the fucking experiments to test its validity that those experiments weren't conducted under proper scientific conditions. Now, in the real scientific community, an experiment that isn't filled out properly is null and void. It's it's done. You start again. Because you've completely and utterly fixed the results of what you're going to (laughs) get. So, 
once you've got this understanding that corporations are kind of playing everyone else and you know the wealthy have the most money to then siphon into these corporations therefore furthering their interests yada yada yada. humanitarianism doesn't mean shit if anything it's a detriment because now you have to do the same for everyone at the expense of yourself you know if i said to you that oh no you're part of a community now you have to pay whenever anyone's in any trouble oh actually nah i'll just i'll just be on my own but then when you're in trouble different story because you've been in trouble and you then understand the position so to look at the whole thing as being a black and white binary vax or anti-vax is fucking stupid you're already walking down the road of idiocy like, there's no redemption well, for you. With this, uh, with this guy Henry Dine, he is being threatened by anti-vaxxers. Of course he is. But the okay. thing is, I don't. The reason why. The difference is, you've also got to consider why are they labelled as anti-vaxxers and not just people? Because why have they made a point? Are- they're people who are against the vaccine. These are people who, do, who think that co- that COVID isn't a real thing. These yeah, are people. So who this is what I'm talking about. Believers of the conspiracy. Theory. These aren't anti-vaxxers. These are actors. This guy for no fucking reason. No, these are these are actors. How can you like? Bear in mind, in the modern day, we know science. We're brought up in school to learn basic understandings of experiments, conduction, hypotheses, conclusions, so on and so forth. You know, we learn language, we learn acting, we learn all of these factors that are at play in the day and age. They're, they're all at work. And we then learn to discern it. Do you honestly believe that there is anyone out there who actually thinks COVID isn't real? Mm. Yes. Do you? I actually do. I, I don't. I didn't, but I spoke to so many people. I think even the most extreme of the anti-vaxxers would have to concede that there is some element of reality. Because this isn't something that just affects... Like, if it was just UK localised, for example, and it was just the UK that had it and so on and so forth, I totally agree with you. That could be dismissed. That could be denied. That could be pretended away. Same with if it was localised to another place, so on and so forth. But the minute it jumps from country to country to country, the illusion falls away. The curtain's lifted. Like, you can't be that naive and stupid. But when you already believe these conspiracy theories that all the countries are connected anyway, then it doesn't matter. That's like, so this, this is an old... I just don't think the fundamental Christ. extremist anti-vaxxer exists. I think that is a creation of government. And obviously there are people that are out there who are going to then see that point of view and emulate it. That's different. They're then basically copycats because they can't think for themselves. But there was never anyone with that opinion in the first place, I don't think. I don't think we've ever had anyone in the modern day who's refuted science to such a degree. Flat earthers. Even flat earthers come up with half-decent scientific hypotheses, <laughs> right? They're willing to have discussions about them. <laughs> are they? Well, are they? Are I'm, they I'm being willing, optimistic here. They're you know? willing to. They're willing to tell you. Flat you're Earth. A dickhead and you're an idiot. Do you know how flat you're Earth started? Earth around. Do you know how flat Earth started? Well, I have my own theories. Well, what do you it think? was a thought experiment in the science community. 
I don't know about that. They thought that perhaps, again, like this is something about science you have to remember and take into account. It's not something that's fixed. It's changing all the time. It's 100% reasonable for a scientist in their field to go, well, maybe the Earth isn't a perfect sphere then. Maybe there's something, maybe there is a different shape and it's changed gravity or so on and so forth or whatever else. You know, you had to have those questions asked to then be able to go, no, cool, we're still right on this and we still understand it. You know, like if uh, even nowadays, how many fucking... Uh, experiments are done on various what food is better for you what does this what does that how does this work how does that it's changing every fucking day do you know what i mean (laughs) because the science is something that is constantly being updated and added to the science of being anti-vax doesn't work you can't just broadly apply that vaccines are bad now if a specific case-by-case basis different story some people could have adverse effects. Some people could be wanting to see it play out for longer because it's a newer technology, things like that. There are genuine yeah, reasons to where, not want this, to be vaccinated at this point. So I've had both the jabs and I need to book in my booster. But because I had um, like bad reactions to both of the jabs before, I want to wait until I can book like a few days off in a row from work. Yeah, I agree. So that I don't have to miss work. I had one jab of Moderna and I went from being relatively, I mean, I'm not healthy, but I'm not unhealthy. You know, I'm just a normal dude to suddenly having excessive fatigue, uh, you know, gut problems like IBS and various other things. Like that's not something that just pops up in life. And that is so alike. Yeah, we. I remember when we worked together, we used to say you had a cast iron stomach. Like, exactly. Pretty much Precis- precisely my point. So it's the kind of thing where I've noticed a fundamental change in how I live my life just from having one of these shots. I'm not saying they're bad. On the contrary, if you've had them, great. <laughs> the problem is, is solved. But you can't then condemn those that haven't. You can't tell people what they can and can't do if i lost my arm in an accident right a thought experiment and uh i for example was in a world where having two arms is normal yeah it's like you can't do your work unless you've got two arms kind of thing then it would be entirely logical for whatever workplace i was at to try and force me to get a prosthetic arm because then I would continue doing my job, right? That's a logical conclusion, but it doesn't make it right. If I didn't want a, you know, if I am happy and I've accepted my body how it is, you have absolutely no right to question that or challenge that in any context, <laughs> vaccine or none. Yeah. Like, we also don't know, like one of the common narratives I hear uh, or read bit of both is uh that the unvaccinated people are responsible for the mutations in the virus and so on and so forth well i mean i don't agree with that and that's just on my understanding of evolution 
when you think about the virus as a living entity, right? It's a thing. It's it's a creature, essentially. It's a living being. Yeah. What's its prerogative to reproduce? So its entire gimmick right now is to try and infect and reproduce and preserve itself in nature. Now, we had a massive uptake of everyone being vaccinated all at once. Do you not think for a second that it's reasonable to assume that the virus was put in a position where it was existentially threatened? It would die out if it didn't adapt or change itself and evolve. I think that's a result of the vaccine rather than a lack of the vaccine. Do you not agree? Yeah. The protections put into place would have forced the virus to evolve and change itself to then better infect people. We also know there's been countless mutations and we also know there's countless different vaccines. So again, there's more credit being added because if there's different vaccines at play and it's evolving in different ways, well, it's then going to have to specify a bit more. It's going to have to go, oh, shit, I can't infect the Pfizer lot, but I can infect the Moderna lot. Yeah. You know, (laughs) or I can't infect the Johnson and Johnson, but I can infect the mRNA guys. And then it's going to do what it can to try and propagate itself until it meets another obstacle and has to adapt or change. That's just basic fucking survival instincts in evolution. The common cold's been doing it for, I don't fucking know, however long the common cold's been around for. Like, to me, that is a perfectly logical conclusion that no one's bringing up. You know, you can blame the anti-vaxxers for being the reason it's all spread and so on and so forth in their behaviours, but no one's taking responsibility on the other side of the argument, saying potentially, actually, you know, maybe this caused it as well. Maybe this compounded the issue and made it worse. (laughs) It's a, again, we're being, there's a shutdown of discussion instead of there being a, well... I'm somewhere in the middle, actually. There's a no, you're either vax or anti-vax. You can't have an opinion otherwise. You're one of them or you're one of us. You're with us or you're against us. You're being propaganded. So, do you want to know why this guy has been been accused of being a crisis actor and making it all up? Yep. Right. So, this guy's story. So, first of all, um, he got COVID last summer. And he hadn't Last been summer, I gave you my <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he hadn't been vaccinated because he thought that his sort because he was young and helpful. So he thought if he did get it, it wouldn't be that bad. But he was in hospital because of it. That's naive. Okay, that is naive, and that's exactly what he said. Mm-hmm. And for well, and when he this news report when it was this when it was first on, that's what he said. He said, "Don't think like that. Get the vaccine." Good on him. So, again, I just want to point out, anti-vaxxers do not concede when they're fucking wrong. Extremists do not concede. Yeah. Which means he's a person. So, this guy, he he got a load of abuse, online abuse, because of that. Of course he did, yeah. But this week, it's got even, or last week, it got even worse. Because people started looking him up. Now, this guy is, from what I can tell, his sense of humour is very similar to mine. Uh, He put jokes online all the time. And on his Instagram account, he listed his job as Academy Award winning crisis actor. 
Right. So then a lot of anti-vaxxers looked at that, and a lot of conspiracy theorists, should I say, rather than anti-vaxxers, but a lot of conspiracy theorists looked at that and went, he's a crisis actor, he's admitting it, they're taking the piss. For ages, on my old Facebook account, for ages, my occupation, this is when we worked together in a shop together, my occupation said Illuminati accountant. So again, because you can put what fuck you want in that box, (laughs) you can put whatever you want, but also someone else can put whatever they want. We all know how fucking easy it is to log into your mate's Facebook and change his relationship status or fuck with his updates or whatever else. Do you know what I mean? Like, when will people get into their heads that technology is not secure? Well, he, he put that himself. He admitted he put that himself. So do you know what a crisis actor is? Yeah. Someone that's uh, pretending to be in a crisis to exacerbate it even further. Okay. So that's the conspiracy theory crisis actor. In well, real yeah. life, a real crisis actor, and I know this because I've done this. Mm. Okay? So crisis actors are used in training simulations. That makes so sense, yeah. When when I did this, this was a, a big shopping mall, big shopping centre in Derby that was being built at the time. And before it opened, they hired loads of us to go and pretend to be normal shoppers in various, and then various sort of um, emergency scenarios happened. And we just had to react. We weren't told how to react, just react as a normal person so that they can... This is how they manage to get their policies on, okay, so if we need to evacuate, it will take this long. If we need to do this, it takes this long. That's how they do it. Yeah, that's logical. And all that happened, I was there for a day, I got paid 180 quid, and I got a free dinner. And for that one day, I was a crisis actor. That's what crisis actors is. And this guy, Henry Dine, he did that, which is why he put himself as an Academy Award winning crisis actor. But because people who have that conspiracy mindset, they look at that and they immediately think, oh, my God, it's the Illuminati, it's this, it's that. To be honest, I totally agree with you, but I think the the fundamental kind of problem with that is that um, we're talking about companies, corporations, groups, so on and so forth, that have the power to literally buy people. So, sure. This is nothing to do with corporations. This is about one guy getting death threats. No, well, yeah, but I'm saying the idea of a a crisis actor, as you were saying, is something that's put forth by said corporation, right? They usually want a reaction or something from people that they're then sort of monitoring and studying and trying to come up with things accordingly. In the same way, you could have someone act genuinely you could also have someone act disingenuously. Um, there was a number of, well, there was a study in a, this actually comes back from like some of the oldest CDC shit. In like 2000 and shit, seven, maybe eight, might've been later than that. Yeah. Uh, do you know about the corrupted blood incident in Warcraft? Yes. yes. Yeah. So that actually being a video game, right? Because it was an MMO and it essentially showed uh, a representation of a small society, 
they were able to essentially monitor how players reacted to this corrupted blood incident. Right. Now, first time it was total accident. So it was just a case of, oh shit, look what we've done. This is fascinating. <laughs> you know, you've got some people who are going out there trying to infect other people. You've got some people who are frantically trying to heal everyone futilely. You've got people that are just scared and hiding. You've got people that won't even log in because they're afraid of whatever going on. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, they're basically parallels to things like, you know, suicide or spreading a real life virus in futility or nihilism, those kind of things. All of those were monitored and actually documented and very well done. That then gave us the basis for sort of crisis management and so on and so forth. Now, the problem with the crisis actor is, yes, it can be a legitimate crisis actor, as you've described. But the problem is an actor can vary from anything from one extreme to another. They no, the problem is either. that people aren't looking at real world possibilities. No, I, see I agree. The word with crisis you. actor, what I'm is, think he's a government plan. This is what happened. What I'm saying the, is there's someone on the other side who's seen the reaction to this and has played it even further. So we've now got a battle of semantics rather than an actual argument over whether he was acting or whether he was not acting. And that's the real answer that we need. Was the man acting so at this does time? That, does that warrant not? him getting death threats? Not at all. I'm no. saying the question should be asked instead of there being any kind of hostility at all. There's no room for hostility yet because you so that, can't ascertain whether he's problem. done anything wrong. That, that's the big problem for me because the hostility happens so easily. It's the same thing happened with Sandy Hook, the school shooting, yeah. where parents of kids who died were getting death threats from conspiracists because they were accusing them of being crisis actors and they're no saying that threat. school shooting never actually happened. No Alex fucking threat, Jones okay. was involved in this. Yeah, for sure. No death threat is okay. I'll 100% give to that. But you have to ask the question, when you're in an online environment where you're talking a worldwide stage, how many of those answers that you see, comments that you, are actually people? Because I can tell you it's a lot less than you think. We know about China's interference and Russia's interference yeah. with various hacking scams and so on and so forth. So these death threats could have been legitimate, in which case 100% condemnation. But they also could have been completely artificial and then just perpetu uh, perpetuated even further. And this is the problem we've got. People are too quick to look at things on the Internet as fact without going, that's fucking madness. No one criticizes things anymore. You're not one nation on the internet. You might think you are. You might think that everyone's got the same values and the same rules and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, not only is every human being different, but not all of them are human beings. You know, if I decided, for example, that um, I didn't like our podcast, yeah, and I really wanted to tank it into the ground for another podcast I was doing, or I had conflicting aims, or whatever the fuck sinister reason you can think of it's not hard for me to sabotage it no do you see what i mean it's not hard. whether i do it directly just, just, just stop calling on skype once a week <laughs> not just that but i could easily call up said company and 
you know, like the company hosting it, for example, and I could yeah. turn around and I could say something like, oh, yeah, I think there's some kind of insert serious crime here that requires investigation. Now, because it requires investigation, they have to assume the worst. So it would get pulled instantly. Yeah. There wouldn't be an investigation to then prove whether you get pulled. It would get pulled on the assumption that the investigation comes out correct. And that's the problem we've got. We've got a lot of confirmation bias in the world where we, because we want to believe something, it thus makes it true. Yeah. No, I see. People aren't all benevolent. Like there are people that legitimately have goals to suppress and essentially enslave you. That's not new in humanity. The fact that it's still perpetuating today is a, it's a bit dark. But are you surprised? When you look at the whole of human history, are you surprised that the traits we hate so much are actually still around? That we haven't they're, evolved as far as we think we have? Yeah, they're, and they're the traits that are being... They're the traits that are more in the public art mindset at the moment. Of course. You know, again, if I want... It's the darkest timeline. You see it when, uh, like today, for example, really good example um there was a bill in government about uh removing vat from energy prices yes there was a tory mp who voted for that so boris fired her i'm not even joking right yeah, when you I've can not do... looked at the news for today either <laughs> no it's depressing as fuck but when you look at things like that and you realize oh okay, yeah, they've got deals with energy companies, they've got deals with medicine companies, and so on and so forth, where they put their own money in their pockets first, and then we get the car stops. Is mm. it honestly a surprise to think that no one trusts anyone else? Yeah, I suppose not, but still... It, the threats, fact that this guy has acted... No, I agree. But again, you don't know whether these death threats were actually people, or whether an algorithm wrote it, or an AI wrote it. But the people that are sharing the videos and the people that are sharing the part, and these are real people because these are people I know personally who are accusing this person of doing this. Well, then they just... saw the word crisis actor and immediately thought, fuck him. Yeah. I've done, I've been a crisis actor for one day. Yeah, for sure. And also, and also just because he's an actor doesn't mean he's not going to get COVID. He's still a no, fucking I, human being, you know? It's... Again, there's a lot of conjecture that's being overlooked. There's a lot of discussion that's being ignored in favour of picking the easiest line of, you know, path of least resistance. And, uh, you know, I don't at all, death threats in any way, shape or form are fucking despicable. But it's a very good way of getting people to shut up on the internet, isn't it? It's a very good way of having anyone speaking out against you be instantly silenced. It's just wrong. It's just wrong. It, there's a lot of things that are wrong that we have going on totally normally. Ethics and law aren't the same. We think that law means good and evil. But, but this, is a, this is a thing about law, though. Death threats are illegal. To threaten to kill someone is illegal. Yeah, but the difference is if you're online and you're anonymous and you're in another country and your jurisdiction gets muddied and everything else, it's completely un... It's impossible it to enforce that. So it's not... It's not. The, um, all the, the racist tweets about the footballers last year, hmm. about the three footballers, there, there was one... Yeah, exactly. Guy. Hate speech is a crime, and yet we had that whole fucking thing where everyone yeah. was yelling out against everyone else. 
there was one guy who's not even English, not even in the country, never been to the country, who joined in with sending, doing these racist tweets, sending these messages to these three footballers. He doesn't even like football, but he did it because he wanted to join in. Exactly. Because to him, it was fun. Obviously, he got caught out in his own country. Like I think it was Spanish, and they're like his own country. Were like, well, fuck you, we're taking you down. Good. And, well it's, and this is why he's like, you know, he regretted it, and he like did an apology and stuff. But sometimes the apologies are not are not enough, man. Uh, apologies don't mean shit in the modern day. Uh, it's just stop you threatening can apologize to kill people through. because you don't understand something. Stop threatening to kill people. It's just fucking stupid. That poor guy. It's going to be scared of walking down the street now because he's had so much. Of course he is. But, you know, again, it was a simple clarification that he made, wasn't it? Like, it's... all he had to do was say the context of his crisis acting. And I'm not saying it would have helped much, but it would have at least shut down that discussion. Fact would have prevailed. I don't think it would have. I don't think it would have at all. Because the people who are into that conspiracy, and this is something that we're going to learn when we do the QAnon uh, series, the QAnon special. The people who are in there, they're fucking in there. And there's nothing that can be said. Nothing can be explained because you don't know the truth. They know the truth. I remember reading once, the moment you think you know something, you actually are probably the stupidest person in the world. I like that. that, uh... And I think on that note, let's get into the main topic. Wow. Because this is a big thing for me. So the main topic is pre-Ice Age civilizations. Now, I personally... (laughs) (laughs) As I said earlier, I did not know enough, and I still don't know enough about this. I I don't think any I reached out to a, a very old friend of mine um, who I, I said I'd give him a shout out, Darren Jones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a really old friend of mine. Um, I've known the guy since I was like 18. I used to work with him, he used to be my boss at a bar that I worked in. And this is his thing. He's massive into this. Hmm. So I reached out to him and I said, look, you know, where's the best place to start? And he sent me this fucking list of things to look at. I've not even got halfway through it. <laughs> well, one thing I want to point out is uh, part of the reason pre-Ice Age civilization is so fucking hard is because although we know about a lot of ancient civilizations, the timeline is a different fucking story. That's Just, you can place something back 10,000 years ago or 2 million years ago and, you know, erosion and degradation would be ever so slightly different under the right circumstances. <laughs> So, you know, the margin of error of like 1% being a thousand fucking years is a that's quite difficult to make a timeline. So, this, I mean, this idea of a pre Ice Age civilization has it's sort of been in my life for longer than I considered. So, with my interests, for example, so when it comes to literature and fiction. I'm a huge fan of a H.P. Lovecraft, as everybody knows. I'm also a huge fan of Robert E. Howard, who wrote in the Lovecraft mythos, in the Cthulhu mythos, but his most famous creation was Conan the Barbarian. Mm. And he also had a, uh, one before that called Call. And these are all set 
in this idea of the pre-Ice Age evolution, um, civilization. I didn't realize that until last year. So all of these ideas, all of these races of people, because I just thought it was just, you know, it's in a fictional land, like Game of Thrones is in a fictional land, and you know, Lord of the Rings is set in Middle-earth and things like that. I just thought it was set in a fictional land. But it's not. It's set on Earth before the Ice Age. Yeah, that makes sense. So when I, I was think... when I first started reading into these things, I saw I was seeing names like Lemuria and um, yeah. and all this. I was like, wait, no, that's in Conan. That that's in Howard's books. Well, Lemuria before. and Atlantis are more or less interchangeable at a lot of points in history, yes. but they're not entirely the same. <laughs> There's a, a slight difference. One's an actual like civilization. And just like a, a place in the world, and once like a city or a town that was spoken about, you know. But <laughs> do they uh, exist? I'm still, I'm still. Atlantis I think. Isn't real. <laughs> so the first thing I want to get out in the open is uh, there's a common misconception that obviously previous civilizations have been less developed. Now, yeah. when you look at a lot of, um, I believe it's uh, a lot of Eastern philosophy some Indian philosophy and even some Western philosophy as well. There's a, there's a theory that civilization rises and falls. That it gets to a certain point wherein it destroys itself and then sort of restarts. And that that's happened thousands of times throughout history, like more times than you can imagine. Since the planet was born, we've risen, we've destroyed ourselves, we've fallen, we've done it again and again and again and again and again and again, literally an indefinite cycle. And at this point in time, we're almost at the peak where we would destroy ourselves and essentially restart. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when you talk about things like uh, ancient Egypt or like uh, the Sumerians and things like that, stuff that's the, the timeline so fast and hazy. Yeah, the Sumerians is considered to be the earliest civilization, aren't they? Well, we don't know. This is the thing. There's recent evidence they found that placed it back further than we thought. That, so, I've got that, uh, Gebekli Tepe. That's the one, yeah. So there's a lot of, uh, there's still ongoing conjecture as to how things fit together and so on and so forth. And the idea of us destroying ourselves actually lends credence as to why we haven't found any evidence of it. Yeah. You know, like um, even things like an ice age and stuff like that, like uh, we're talking extinction level event here. So... In order for a civilization to, in theory at least, if there was a civilization prior to the Ice Age, there would also have been an Ice Age civilization and so on and so forth. And it would have perpetuated in a, not necessarily in the size of a civilization that we have today, but definitely as some sort of subspecies or species that then eventually bred and multiplied when the conditions were more favorable. You know, uh, our design isn't for ice age conditions you know we're kind of designed for a bit of everything we can't yeah. do too hot we can't do too cold our bioavailability of food and stuff is kind of varied but also not <laughs> you know it's like varied within its specific sort of thing uh, and again evolution must have played a big part as well because you don't know what obstacles we had to get around throughout history you know, sure, the Ice Age is a big one. It was fucking cold. All right, so what did we do? <laughs> well, 
history says we probably killed stuff and wore their fur. Probably. Again, is there a definite? Until you find an Ice Age guy buried in ice wearing a coat. Yeah. Or you see an illustration from that time that you can guarantee where he's wearing a coat. Well, that's what they're saying about uh, Gebekli Tepe. Because that would have been built... Like, say, I've not done enough research and I don't understand most of the stuff that I've read. There will be a follow-up where there will be a lot more. Yeah, <laughs> like, all of this is purely speculation. So what they're saying about Gebekli Tepe was that was built when the human civilization would have been hunter-gatherers and they wouldn't have built these huge like mm-hmm. buildings. And then all of a sudden you've got this huge building that was built in that time. And it was, and there's like illustrations carved into the stone mm. of things that we've not seen anything else from that. I've got a, history. I've got a bit of an entertaining theory. I don't know how credible it is because obviously we don't know shit about it. But do you not think it would be interesting if we were the aliens? That you see, you see that is something that if we ended up on Earth millions and millions of years ago, and then we've bred for so long risen that is a, that is a theory. Been destroyed and now we're like oh yeah we actually and came from mars <laughs> on that right i'm gonna get this message that darren sent me so like i say this is my friend that i turn to to ask um so he said this is the last thing that he said after this big list of things and things that he explained to me but we don't know <laughs> this is well this this is like direct verbatim quote he said, it's a compelling theory that isn't helped by ancient aliens or Atlantis, which push any good evidence into the crackpot zone. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I think that it's very easy to look at aliens as being this crazy, futuristic, over-the-top technology thing where everything's got to be crazy and whatever else. But an alien's just anything that isn't from here. Yeah, you know, and we, one we of the people from other countries, aliens, until we realised yeah, exactly. how fucking dehumanising that was. <laughs> one of the biggest, um, one of the well, one of the most famous people who pushes this theory is uh, Graham Hancock. Now, I, I'm in too much with Graham Hancock. Um, he's not an archaeologist; he's a journalist. He's a writer, but he has an interest in this, and he knows people who do this. Uh, and he knew the, uh, one of the guys who was doing all the work on Gobekli Tepe. And he is a very, very good writer and reading his stuff. But for me, he's presenting it all as historical fact rather than this is a theory. This could have happened. He's like, oh, this is definitely it. That's a lot I've seen him. He's been, on, he's been on Joe Rogan a lot. And I've seen him there with uh, Michael Shermer, who's somebody who I admire a lot. He's um, the Gary Starts Up Skeptic magazine. And the way that Graham, in that one episode where he had Graham Hancock and Michael Shermer and Joe Rogan, of course, the way that Graham Hancock presented himself in that was absolutely disrespectful. Because any time that Michael Shermer said something, Graham Hancock was acting like a child. To the point where he says, uh, there was one point he said, I don't want to talk about that, so we won't. And then moved on to something else. I think instead of a child, you should just say he was acting like a journalist. 
Well, unfortunately, that's, that's kind of what journalism has become, hasn't it? It's become a pissing contest. If I'm not right, you can't be right. <laughs> and that's kind of led to this uh, devil, well, degradation or devolution of any kind of truth. Yeah. But it doesn't say, matter because neither of us have truth. Saying that, that is, yeah, that's just me not liking somebody's personality attitude. Reading what he writes is fascinating. Yeah, I agree. So fucking good, and he does the he puts the work in, and he does work things out, and he does present some really good arguments. Well, I went into this not really having an opinion, not really having any thoughts, but now, like from and it, this includes reading great what Graham Hancock has said, somebody that, who I do tend to disagree with. Um. Now I'm. I don't know. No one knows. I think that's because kind of the, the evidence. There is evidence. It was never something that we actually had enough evidence to conclude. It was just a lot of conjecture. Yeah, and uh, things that are being discovered and things. So one of the one of the um, civilizations that always gets mentioned is uh, Hyperborea, and that was first mentioned in the same work of fiction that Atlantis was first mentioned in and this was and that was it was in ancient greek times well i know plato wrote the republic and that had uh, the first sort of written where atlantis yes. was supposed and, which to was be. it was it was a government friendly piece of fiction <laughs> oh i didn't realize it was fiction yeah yeah it was fiction it was because plato was a massive um massive supporter of the senate in athens so he wrote this story to show how powerful they are by making up this far advanced civilization of Atlantis. And they attacked Athens and the power of the Senate from Athens repelled them. I mean, we've spoken about Atlantis before. I think Atlantis was real. I just don't think it was anything like you believe. I think it was more like akin to uh, trying to think of some of the most the greatest trade hubs in the like japan maybe a small sort of island nation that really offered a lot to its neighbors so trade was right for me um indian ports you know where they act as sort of a middle i mean it was centralized in the world of theory again the, a lot of the fact is- that there was no mention of it before plato wrote this piece of fiction to me i'm not going to believe that because in my in my and this is just me but if you're going to believe in Atlantis, if you're going to believe in somewhere that was written about in fiction, you might as well believe about everywhere. So if you believe in Atlantis, then why don't you believe in Narnia? Why don't you believe in Hogwarts? Why don't you believe in Westeros? Well, the main difference is obviously there's there's enough physical evidence in the world to sort of point at Atlantis being real in some capacity. I just don't agree it was some fantastical futuristic superman. Yeah. It's, it's not that. If anything, it was the opposite. It was just a like a cowboy's trade hub. Like the world yeah, just, just Everyone could just trade with everyone and there was just profit <laughs> to be made. You know? It's like, yeah, it's, it's like um, early 1900s actor wanting to make it in Hollywood. I hear the streets are paved with gold. It's kind of like the bazaar, you know, when you think about... Um, you know, when you look at a lot of uh, sci-fi and things like that, things like early markets and bazaars are often yeah. thrown in. And that's because they're kind of necessary to civilization. We have to be trading things.
Muslims from different parts of the world to kind of That's get. That's a very good point. So, uh, and again, we're talking about, well, I'm talking about specifically the uh, idea that it was where the eye of the Sahara is. So it was on the very edge of Africa, which would have meant it was accessible from almost every continent in the world, yeah. uh, as well as acting as a like a port in the middle. You know, if you've got someone sailing from west to east, for example, from the Americas over to Asia, they could naturally stop at this trade point to refuel, to rearm or whatever they needed to do and then carry on and so on and so forth. And that seems completely logical to me, given how we've got the same logistics nowadays. You know, you talk about um, strategic ports and shit like that, that they try and pretend is uh, something else. But in reality, it's just so that if they control the trade coming through it, then they've got more influence and more yeah. reach. And also, to, to play devil's advocate with myself, um, there's a lot of fictional places that are based on real places. Um, Tortuga, for example, in the Pirates of the Caribbean film series, was based on a real place. There was that actual Libertalia. island. Libertalia. Was that? Libertalia. Yeah. The sort of... Uh, the, yeah. That's Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean as well, they did that. Yeah, there was... Yeah, there, well, there was... There was I can't remember the name of the fucking island now but there was actually an island in the caribbean that acted as a base for pirates and it was uh, benjamin hornigold was the pirate who set up he'd set up as a pirate republic there's a great documentary series on netflix about it really yeah good. that doesn't surprise me at all because the so, whole point of pirates wasn't necessarily to just pillage and plunder and do whatever the fuck they want it was to be free of tyrannical governments that were yeah. starting to form you know yeah so they british said, empire they had so many rules empire. and so much honor and like most of the sort of big, well-known pirates didn't actually kill anyone. Well, I mean, it's incredible. I imagine they did, just not necessarily in a fruitless and arbitrary kind of manner. You know, I think there was a... It's strange, isn't it? Because the idea of piracy isn't compatible with murder because being a pirate is one thing. You know, Stealing and being a thief is one thing. But being a murderer is a very different thing. Yeah. So, you know, do you want to be tarred with that brush kind of deal? Again, we're talking about the stigmas back in the day and so on and so forth. You know, you talk about famous pirates and things like that. Well, they might have actually just been normal pirates, but they were the most hated by the government at the time. So they got the that's best. basically what we're seeing. Yeah. Essentially, the media of the, the day and age back then was word of mouth. Right. It was vindication. It was wanted posters. It was like, oh, uh, no, this guy's so terrible. What do you mean? Yeah, no, he killed babies. He ate children. What? Did he really? We don't know. That's what matter. we're chewing on at the moment. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah this fucking madness that uh, masquerades as logic so to get back on to topic so there's another place called and i'm probably gonna get this wrong karahan tepe which is older than gabriele tepe yeah it doesn't surprise me at all i mean even looking at stuff like um, mayan civilization and shit we don't know fuck all and that's relatively more recent you know? yeah even stuff like uh, ancient Greek and ancient Rome, we think we understand. But the reality is we've got a half truth. Because we've got the truth. And then any bits that are missing, we've got fiction for. Yeah. And because it's a half truth, half fiction, 
it's very hard to separate the two. Even in occultism as well, um, this whole idea of three Ice Age civilizations. So there was a famous occultist called Helena Blavatsky um, who wrote about these old civilizations that existed before history. Um, and that's where things like uh, Lemuria, Aria, Hyperborea, Atlantis, she wrote about all these. Yeah. And a lot of her writings were taken on by a, a young man. You may have heard the name um, uh, Adolf Hitler. I don't know if you've heard <laughs> of it before. Oh, I'm not sure. I don't that's know. That's a bit famous outside of my time. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you know about him. Uh, but he he had this uh, he had this small group of people around him called um, Nazis. Na- Nazi. <laughs> the Nazis. They all but had yeah, a, bit so of a sniffle. Everybody knows about the uh, the Aryan theory. Well, that is one of the ideas of a free ice age civilizations really. with the Aryans. It's a theory in that it hasn't been explicitly proven. But yeah. there's evidence that says yes. This is well, this is one 100% of those hundred percent what was going on. Yeah, one of those mythical, mystical races that appeared before history with the Aryans, and the like. I've mentioned Harpermaria a few times now. That's where Conan is set. Is in the is in the um, Harpermaria times or the Harpermaria age. Yeah. And even then, and this is something that I've learned recently. Conan's. Uh, do you know what Conan's race was? No. The Sumerian. But not Sumerian, Sumerian, Cimer- oh. <laughs> which were an actual people. They were, um, uh, they were uh, sort of like Vikings before Vikings. Yeah, we don't know shit about them really. I mean, we've got a oh, that's the thing. different things that say that they existed. That's kind of about it. There's so much of, of history out there that, like, and it's like you said earlier about the timeline. This is something else that we've got down for another episode. Um, is about the um, this theory called the Phantom Timeline, which is like history has been written in the wrong order. I think the fundamental problem with history is it's been written. Yeah. It's not been recorded as fact. It's been interpreted and written by whoever favours it at the time. Yeah, that's it. And the unfortunate truth is, right, even when we look at like the British Empire, there's a lot of documentation that sort of praises how great the British Empire is and how wonderful they were for trade and this and that and so on and so forth that completely omits all of the barbarism that came in as a result. You know, all the theft and the plunder and that side of it. That, that's completely forgotten in favour of the positive imagery of the British Empire. Now, as we've come to learn, that's a load of horseshit. It was definitely not 100% a nice thing. <laughs> yeah. It changed history, yes. But did it change history for positive or negative? No one will ever know. Because we don't know. There's no contempt there's no human being that was around to tell you what actually happened back then. The only thing we've got is books. Yeah, that's it. And books are written by people. So in the same way that you credit the valid you can question or discredit or credit the validity of religious texts like the Bible and the Quran for being written by men. You've got the same argument for every text ever written, that because it was written by men, it was written with an agenda. <laughs> you know, if I wanted to write a book about uh, anything, 
I have to have a few certain criteria in mind. I have to know why I'm writing said book. And most of the time, it's not just a simple inquisition, not just asking questions. No, there'll be an agenda behind it. I'm either trying to convince you of the things I believe and place them in an order that then reinforces that, or I'm trying to disprove something, in which case I'm going to scrutinise the order someone else has put it in. Now, it's a lot easier for me to scrutinise someone else's work than it is for me to think of my own. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. As any artist, it's so much easier to scrutinise the work of another than it is to actually make your own. So you're then left with this sort of paradox where there would only have been certain people in those times in histories that were educated enough to actually record these things. For whose benefit? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah bear in mind of... what my friend said in that message about ancient aliens and man's thing and crackpot. So when I was looking into this, I found so much of that. And I think taking all that away, it's like, like so many people talking about like the um, the Anunnaki, the Nephilim, uh, ancient aliens, talking about all these things. And take if you take all that away, again as well, from, just on that point, things like the Anunnaki and the Nephilim were questioning as ancient aliens, but they could very well have just been people with alien traditions or cultures. Yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. You know but when I mean? people talk about them, that's not how they're referring to No, of course. But in the same way, like uh, we look at the East and the West and how fundamentally different their culture and their belief systems are and so on and so forth. Like imagine 10 million years from now when someone's digging up what's left of China and they find the Great Wall. Yeah. And then they dig up what's left of England and they find Stonehenge and things like that. Like they're going to have two completely different perspectives it will look like we're the underdeveloped nation because of how Stonehenge was revered and it's just fucking stones. <laughs> Whereas the Great Wall of China being a feat of engineering, something that's relatively complex and took a lot of people to build, would be the more advanced thing. Out of context, obviously. But yeah. no one would consider them to be contemporary to each other. That's kind of the thing we've got now. We're looking at a bunch of small isolated incidents throughout history that maybe have certain time periods that they fit in but we're talking at error margin of thousands of years you know there could have been a point like um where dinosaurs and humans lived on the earth together it's not feasibly impossible mm. but at the same time the <laughs> evidence says that it's unlikely that's that's young earth creationism right there man. I, no, I, don't, I don't necessarily believe in it. I think that's, saying, that's, that's the May. kind of thing. I think where, we've got that one in May. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of thing where you get you can get easily sort of mixed up. Even talking about, um, you know, you talk about like the the Mayans or those kind of things, and then you want to relate to things like the Sumerians. We're not talking like they were neighbours and knew each other or were successors. Or there was such a huge gap in time that we literally don't know where the influences came from even when you look at things like you know uh sort of older religions and spiritualism and things like that it was fucking batshit <laughs> you know like i could be sitting there as a as, as a god-fearing man like now nah, fuck doing anything them gods are gonna they got it in for me i'm fucked 
because it got shot on by a bird the day before or something. Yeah. You know, whereas there could be another guy who's like, no, I, I, I'm a murderer and a rapist for the gods. That's what they want of me. And it's that interpretation that then causes that. Well, was it a belief system? Was it based in reality or was it more of a social construct to make certain things OK or not OK? kind of like the early iterations of law which were essentially translations of the bible <laughs> you know it wasn't law at the time it was what the bible says became law and then there was a separation of that where they took the religious aspect out of law which is what we have today in theory I mean, there's yeah. a lot of still remnants of it and so on and so forth but even when you look at like ancient Greece and ancient Rome next to each other, you can see the parallels in their belief system, right? Geographically, we're talking next door neighbors, continent wise. You know what I mean? They weren't that far removed from each other. You can see parallels in their gods and their, their sort of belief system, as well as their understanding of astrology and so on and so forth. There's a lot of evidence to show that they had similar sort of understandings of the world, just with different names or different perspectives. But they weren't contemporary to each other. <laughs> One of them came before the other. Yes. So then you've got to ask the question, was this civilization an emulation of a previous civilization? Or was it literally the remnants of a previous? That's, that's the idea of the Hyborian Age. Um, was that the Greek civilization took their cues from the Hyborians? I think we're looking at something more more nuanced. I don't think it's as simple as a civilization sort of changing and becoming something else. I think it's a, more of a splintering or a fragmentation. Like such an interesting Rome, idea. Ancient Rome, for example got fucking huge yeah yeah we're talking like how many nations were under ancient rome at this point like it was ridiculous they'd conquered half the globe are you honestly telling me that every single person in that conquered half of the globe globe was a christian a god-fearing like roman properly course not they would have split and they would have segmented and they would have had their own sex and various other things Ancient Greece could have been an offshoot of ancient Rome or vice versa. Do you know what I mean? It's all mad. Even when you look at like uh, some of the, the shit we see now where we look at Rome, we're like, actually, they did a fuck ton, you know, like building the infrastructure for roads, and coins and various attempts at democracy. <laughs> <laughs> like there was a lot that just that one civilization did. But because it was recorded and because it was chronicled, we can look at that and say, yes, that's fact. That actually happened. We don't know. <laughs> we actually don't know. Yeah. Who knows how much credibility these records actually have, how much truth they actually have. But we assume. And that's kind of the problem. Yeah. Well, personally, I mean, from the very little that I've de- delved into this, I think I might be on board. Which part? I I actually do think that there may have been civilizations before the ancient ones. I, it's kind of like I, the it's, it's as you said earlier. It's like you said earlier. Were they advanced for us 
or were they advanced by them? Yeah, agreed. But then you've got the same sort of principle as the Fermi paradox, right? Which is the space one about aliens. Yeah. And it's basically either aliens do exist and they're just not interested in us for whatever reason, or they don't exist and we're alone in the universe. Mm. And both of those are equally terrifying. <laughs> so you're kind of stuck with this scenario where you can either think that Neanderthal man, you know, walking around was the very first progenitor of man and didn't really have civilization. Everything sort of built from there. Or you can go, well, how many times were Neanderthals having civilizations before they became fixed, before they actually started to hold weight? Yeah. What if we had a, a civilization of early Neanderthals that get wiped out by the same meteor that killed the dinosaurs? Again, I don't believe in a crossover here. It's just total conjecture. You know, and then they, they died out completely and sort of evolved again and started again. You know, monkey civilizations could have been fucking human civilizations. Mm. We literally don't know. We could have been flinging each other shit just to try and impress a female. You know, we, we genuinely don't know. And then if at the same time, right on our Saturday night, you see that. At the same time, something like Planet of the Apes is equally plausible, where they had society and structure and they could communicate with each other and so on and so forth they were relatively primitive but not now obviously planet of the apes spoiler is in the future not the past <laughs> but that have you read the book have you actually read the book that that's that film was based on no really good and the the way that it's like presented is is amazing like when you get the um the twist at the end it's not through him finding the Statue of Liberty. No, he finds something else, doesn't he? No, it's a... Uh, so there's a framing device. Uh, there's basically these people on a space yacht flying through space, and they find this this journal, and they're reading it, and that's the story. And that's what the film's based on, is what they're reading. And then at the end, they start laughing, and they're like, oh, imagine that, so, you know, the intelligent human beings and it's like those Sorry. people were, those people were apes all along and they're from the like but what's this i mean again way. more conjecture more speculation but what's to say our ancestors weren't actually smarter than us and they died out because of that intelligence well that and is we a had thing. to dumb it down a bit because we can't comprehend the nature of the universe without going fucking well, there, there's a theory. this is again going back to the multiverse episode we did uh, there, there's that theory, I can't remember what it was called, um, where it's just basically everything's just going round and round and round. Uh, that's uh, the same thing. Sam, over, over yeah, there was, oh, where was it? I've got it's my the circle of re- the rise and fall of civilizations again, like over and over and over and over and over, and over and, until the end of time, essentially. Yeah, it was one of the nine types of. Um, where is it? Where is it? Yeah, it's just cyclic. Multiple membranes that have collided, causing big bangs. And they, it just keeps going around and around and around. I mean, imagine if, you know, the, that the smartest... That as well. The smartest apes, right, you can think of, they suddenly get hit by... Captain the Simeon and the Space Monkeys. Precisely. They get hit by some sort of adverse condition that forces them to have to get taller, get stronger become more temperature resistant on both ways you know we couldn't have the fur because then we'd be fucked in hot environments but we couldn't not have any protection 
because then we'd be fucked in cold environments. So as part of our spread across the globe, we became human to fit into as many different things as possible. And that might have made us more stupid. But it could have also made us smarter. Again, we don't fucking know. Yeah. There's so much interest in it. And this is why... Like, Our ancestors when, when I finished... don't exist anymore. You yeah. can't fish them up and be like, oh, yeah, that monkey John, into person. No, you can get generalizations, but we yeah. don't know what monkey evolved into person. When I finished doing my research for this episode, I like I literally sat because I'm like at work because I did research at work, and I literally sat there and I thought to myself, I've not done enough. <laughs> I'm not I, gonna, I should have should have given myself to, about a year to do this. As I said at the start, I, pre Ice Age civilizations is like this giant fucking gaping chasm of a <laughs> you know, There's no, you can't specify. You can't be like, right, let me just understand this bit before I get to this bit. No, you'd have to understand all of it or none of it. <laughs> so much. But yeah, and like anyone who wants to read more about this, um, so, like just see what Graham Hancock's been writing. Um, again, talking about dragons, because them's my favourite. They could very well have been real in a different form. and We don't fucking know. Yeah. You think all fiction just it's popped my, yeah, into someone's it, head? As we mentioned in the first episode we ever did, it's um, Marco Polo's unicorn. Yeah, exactly. He wrote about looking at a unicorn, it was a rhino. But even fiction, there's got to be a certain understanding of reality to be able to construct a believable fiction. Yeah. You can't break the rules of the universe in your fiction unless that's the only thing you're breaking. Yeah, it can't be too separated from the reality with which it's based on, otherwise it's not believable. Well, I mean, one thing's for sure, I am happily jumping into this rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Going to read so much more. I'm going to look. At I'm still so falling, much. mate. It started with Atlantis, and I've been falling yeah. ever since. In a, in, a few months, really. in a few months, we'll do a follow-up episode, because I'll have more. I, because it's, I wasn't expecting to get this into it, and to actually not even finish the research, technically, and, and be thinking, yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> I think, it, again, it's a logical so cool. conclusion. Like I was saying with the Fermi paradox, it's like you're stupid not to consider both sides of the coin because yeah. both are equally plausible. This, for me, this isn't the same as Hollow Earth. So with the, I've said so many times, with the Hollow Earth theory, I don't believe it. But not not it says the true. Sumerian. Yeah. <laughs> Hi there. I, I want it to be true. I would love for the hollow earth to be true. Again, I, I think there's elements of truth in hollow earth. Yeah, I think I there are definitely, like we've discovered recently, entire ecosystems trapped in parts under the earth. And there's been another one discovered this week as well. For sure. So to deny hollow earth outright is ludicrous or stupid. But to then jump to the conclusion that people and lizards and various other weird shit live yeah. down there, secret societies and so on and so forth, that's when you start reaching a bit, you know. <laughs> but with with this one, so with Hollow Earth, I don't believe it, but it would be kind of cool if it was true. I would, I want it to be true. But what's well, a play devil's advocate? With How this... far down would they have to be for us to not know? Yeah, exactly. I've been rewatching Doctor Who, and they've just come to the Silurian episodes on that. Yeah. But the, um, but yeah, with this, with this theory, I can't see how it can't be true. I agree. I think it's more likely that there was way more advanced everything that we just don't know about. 
Then there is, oh, we were the first, obviously. Yeah, of course. No, we're the most advanced iteration of humans ever to grace the Earth. Thank you. I mean, the fucking hubris of that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can legitimately well, find some monkeys that are smarter than some people. Oh, definitely. 100%. Well, on that note, you can see I am turning over the page ah! on the notepad. I think this episode because we're just going to keep going on about me it's just going to if we carry on it's going to be me going this is really cool i need to read more it is really and that's it <laughs> i think we'll do a follow-up to this it's the it's the the scenario where all the evidence that exists doesn't necessarily work well with each other they don't play yeah. nice <laughs> i never considered that when we compiled that list of things we're going to talk about i didn't even think about this one being the one that makes me go i'm in yeah <laughs> I didn't think. It's definitely not going to be next week's. I've already sold on the ghosts and spirits. Yeah, that sounds fun. That's Although, it. You know, we could be talking about Sumerian ghosts and shit and then breaching the tenth wall. Which is the Sumerian ghost? Is it? It's on there. It's on oh. there. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, it's that's. Um, obviously, we'll get into it next week, but that's my uh, my big reason why I don't believe in ghosts. That's fair. Which will go into how the Sumerians <laughs> like um, influenced my opinion on the existence of ghosts. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what the very first sort of record of any known. It's only been it. It's only been discovered recently. The oldest depiction of a ghost, and it is from Sumerian. Is it a ghost though, or is it something someone saw and went, "That's a fucking ghost"? I'm scared. It's, it's a it's a ghost. It's the very first um, evidence of, of of belief in ghosts. It was on a ta- it's on a stone tablet, and it's it's an engraving on a stone tablet. Which yeah, that's exactly shows, what I'm envisioning. It shows a ghost. It shows somebody um, communicating with the spirit of a dead person. Right. Let me just pose a question. Do you really think Neanderthals were good artists? <laughs> but these aren't Neanderthals. These Sumerians it, weren't Neanderthals. It doesn't matter. They're writing on the walls of caves. Have you ever tried to chisel a fucking picture into a rock? <laughs> I, I guarantee you it doesn't turn out how you expect. <laughs> <laughs> so again, we have even more problems. <laughs> and that will be continued next week. <laughs> Ha, <laughs>